out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. Here's the thing. We've been going through this Greater Than series and talking about how God is greater than anything else. He's greater than our stuff. He's greater than our money. He's greater than our video games. He's greater than our sports. And today's like a cool message because now it's like, what's our response to that? Relax, guys. Relax back there. What's our response to that? How do I live? Now, so where does my life take me? Now, now that I understand that I have, there's this God of the universe who's greater than everything, what is my response to that? How do I live like that in a crazy, out-of-control world? And I hope, hopefully that's what we're going to go through today. And you guys, you guys know me. I've spoken a number of times. Um, before I speak, I just like to invite the Spirit to move in this place. So would you guys just join me in prayer before we go into this? Father God, thank you so much um, for every student that is in this room and every leader in this room. How there's not one person sitting in here right now by accident or mistake, but you have purposely designed this very moment. Let this message be about you and not about the speaker. Would these students walk out with a higher view of you? Would they be more in love with you when they walk out than they were when they came in? And the same goes for me. I'm just so thankful that you give me the opportunity to communicate your word. So I ask that your spirit would be invited. We invite your spirit into this place. And would you move in our hearts? And would you just help us to be excited to live for you? And it's in your son's name I pray these things. Amen. All right, so we're going to go right into this. The first, we're going to put a couple verses on the screen. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 say this. Since, you, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is, you, when Christ, who is your... Okay life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So this is really what we're going to focus on, verses 5 and on. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in life, in the life you once lived. So, so what Paul's saying here is, he writes this, he writes these verses, he's writing to this church in, the church in Colossae, and what he's saying is those things, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, what those things do, all those things do is they hurt you as the person, and they hurt the church. Sometimes when we hear the speaker come up on stage and speak, or we read the Bible, let's be honest, at times, can't it sound like, oh, you just don't want me to have fun? Oh, you just want me to stop doing what I'm doing because Jesus is all about me not having fun, giving up everything, and just proving my love for him by being miserable. Isn't that what it seems like at times, right? It seems like that. But what Paul's saying here is those things, you don't understand where those things lead. They lead to confusion. They lead to hurt. They lead to pain. You suffer as a person. The church suffers. So it isn't this matter of, oh, just stop doing these things because they're fun and prove that you love Jesus. But it's like you're hurting yourself. You're hurting the church. It makes no sense. So put those things to death. And then it goes on. 
And it says, but now you must, no, there we go. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. So Paul's saying, remember when you used to get angry at people? Remember the rage you used to have? Remember the filthy language you spoke? Remember the gossip? See, the, the list before, the sexual morality, impurity, desires, greed, those things hurt you as a person. And these things, the anger, the rage, the malice, the slander, the filthy language, those things break relationships. Those things hurt you and the others around you. Why do we want to live in a world where we're just hurting ourselves and hurting others? So put those things to death. Rid yourselves of those things. When I was, uh, well, up until like three years ago, you guys are probably going to laugh at me right now, but um, my, whole, uh, my whole life was consisted of trying to be a gangster. <laughs> I wanted to be a gangster. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to be like hardcore, gangster, like rap music guy, out of control. Someone looked at me and they were intimidated. I just wanted to be a gangster. Everything I did led to me wanting to be a gangster. Shh. Everything I did led to me wanting to be a gangster. I'd go to school and I'd pick fights. I'd usually get beat up. I'd mess with my teachers. Um, I made one of my teachers bleed because she told me to stop talking, so I threw a toy at her. Like, I, everything I did, I'm just like, why'd you do that? Because I'm a gangster. It was so, like, out of control. And I remember, like, my, uh, I live in 949 area code right now, right? And, but my cell phone number, the area code is 714. <laughs> and four years ago, when I changed my plan, um, I wanted a 714 area code. And the guy that worked at Verizon was like, oh, no, no, you live in 949 area code, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, here are the 949 numbers. I go, no, I want the 714 numbers. And he goes, that's weird. Is there a reason why? And I go, because uh, 714 is more gangster than 949. <laughs> and, like, I kid you not, that was my sole reason for wanting to have a 714 number is so I could be gangster. And the guy laughed at me, but I wasn't kidding. I was offended. And he goes, oh, you're serious. Okay, awesome. So, like, that was my old life. And I now get to live this exciting life where, yeah, things are still confusing. Things aren't always perfect. Things aren't always the greatest. But my life has completely changed. It's no longer about the attention. It's no longer about being gangster. It's no longer about hurting people. It's no longer about retaliating, retaliating with anger. Why? Because I found Jesus. And he completely changed my life. And I even have friends who will look at me and go, uh, so what are you doing these days now, David? I'm like, oh, man, I'm just plugged into the church. I get to volunteer with the youth students, just falling in love with God every day. And they're like, you? You? But the point is, that was my old way of living. And now I'm a new creation in Christ. I don't live that way anymore. Because if we go to our next verses, the next slide, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with, one, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Paul's saying, remember when you used to live in sin? The anger, the filthy language, the lust, the pride. 
Now, therefore, God has chosen you. He's chosen you out of that life. Isn't that crazy? Think of the God of the universe, okay? God himself looks at me, looks at you as sinners who live in their anger, who live in their, in the own ways they want to live, and he chooses you. God created you so that he could love you. That was his sole purpose for creating you. I know I think about that and I'm like, wow, God chose me? He loves me? He created me? Okay, I want to live for that God. The God who is in complete control. The God who speaks and things come into existence. If that God loves me, I want to completely change my life. I want my whole life to be his. But that's hard, right? Isn't that difficult to do? Why, why, like, how do we even do that? This God of the universe loves me and he created me. How do I live for him? How does that look? I think the first thing is, if we put up those next slides, I think these three things are key. If we put up that next slide. First, know. Do you know what it is that Jesus did for you? Do you know what he did for you? Do you understand that? That Jesus, God's son, would leave heaven and be put on a cross, tortured, killed, nailed to that cross, beaten to an unrecognizable person. He was beaten so bad it was ridiculous, and he was put on a cross, nailed to it for you. You know what the crazy thing is? What's your name? Cody. Cody, do you know? You know what Jesus did for you, right? Do you know that if you were the only person in this world that accepted Jesus as your Savior, it would have been worth it for him? Over millions and millions and millions and millions of people followed Jesus, right? But if you were, think about that, if you were the only person that ever came to Jesus after he went through that crazy, torturous death, he says, oh, it would be so worth it. Isn't that amazing how much that God loves you? So I think the first thing is knowing that. And then secondly, commit. Are you guys committed to following this Jesus? And when I say that, I want to be careful. I want to be careful. Because here's the thing. It's not about our works. It's not about, okay, I'll read my Bible more. Okay, I'll pray more. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give more of my money. But when I say commit, I mean, do you first know what Jesus did? And does that excite you? Do you fall completely in love with this Jesus because of the sacrifice he made for you? Because when you do, you say, okay, the only thing that makes sense is to live for that Jesus. I, wanna, I, I just want to be with him. If he would make that sacrifice for me, I want to commit my life to him. And then understanding that we need to depend on God. So you understand what Jesus did for you on the cross. Does that make you fall completely in love with him? And do you understand that it's not about you and your works? But it's about a work that God does in you. Praying, God, okay, I don't know how to live this life. The filthy language, the lust 
the anger, the greed, the pride. That stuff I know how to do. But to live as a person who has compassion, to live as a humble person, to live as a person living in your love, I don't know how to do that. But I want to do that. And understand that, there's, that this, the Holy Spirit does a work in you. Do you know? Are you committed? And do you depend completely on God? And then we ask the question, why would I want to do that, right? Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? Because here's the thing. Like I said earlier, and I really want to hit this point, it's not about me standing up here and telling you what you can and can't do. It's not about you listening to someone who says, hey, don't do this, don't do that, just say this, just say that. But Paul was trying to get to these people who were saying, you don't understand where that stuff leads. Anger just leads to fighting and arguing. Gossiping leads to people just being disappointed and upset all the time. Living in your lust, in your sexual sin, all that does, it, it just it ruins your brain, it ruins you as a person, and it just causes you to never be satisfied, never be fulfilled. But you have this Jesus who gave everything for you. And when you give your life to him, he does this work in you. And life is it's just, everything is just, it's just so much more satisfying, so much more fulfilling. So much more meaningful. There's this love and humility and compassion that we get to live together as a body. Isn't that a way more beautiful picture to live in? What would you rather live in? A life where everyone's just angry at each other and every man for himself and you hit me so I'm going to punch you back? Or live in this life where everyone is compassionate and humble and loving and forgiving to each other? Paul's saying, this life with Jesus is so much better. And that's why we do it. I want to read another verse. Verse 15 is going to come up. It says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Be thankful. I feel like for me, that's the hardest thing to do. I'm never thankful. I always want more. I always need more. I'm never truly satisfied. Are you guys thankful? We're approaching Thanksgiving season, right? I remember when I was, um, when I was three years old, when I was three, um, my mom's best friend kind of like helped my mom like raise us and take care of us. And uh, he was like, he was kind of crazy, but he was awesome. He was great. And so I was three years old and I'm eating sandwich and chips, right? I'm eating a sandwich and ruffles. And so as a three-year-old, like I love ruffles, so I just keep eating my ruffles. And this guy's name was Neil. That was his name. And so he's looking at me and he goes, hey, David, put your ruffles down and eat your sandwich. So I look at him as a three-year-old and I keep eating my ruffles. <laughs> and so he's like, he gets a little bit more mad, David eat your sandwich and put the ruffles down. So I look at him, keep eating my ruffles. <laughs> and he's like, David, I'm going to say it one more time. Eat your sandwich. 
So I go to pick up my sandwich, and I start putting it towards my mouth, and I put it down, and I keep eating my ruffles. And true story, I kid you not, this is what he does. Very true story. He gets up, he pulls my face back, grabs a sandwich, and starts shoving it down my mouth. He was so, like, angry, and, like, I got him so mad, because I'm good at getting people mad. I got him so angry, like, he's the nicest guy in the universe. Like, he would, just, he would do anything for anyone. It is impossible to get this person mad. But three-year-old stupid David Neal can get him mad. So he grabbed his sandwich, he's like, and you know how you get so mad you can't really talk? He's like, and I'm just like screaming, oh my God, like choking. My mom goes running down the stairs, what are you doing? No, don't, don't. And like pulls mom, he's like, and I'm like crying. And then my mom starts like hugging me and patting my back. And I grab my ruffles and I start sticking my tongue at him. And he got really angry. But here's the thing. The reason why, the reason why I bring him up is because of this. I'm extremely thankful for him. I'm not thankful that he tried to kill me when I was three, but I'm extremely thankful for him. If it weren't for him, I don't know how really my mom could have did it. He was the only one that was there. My real dad left, my stepdad was passed away, and so he was the only one that was there, the one that supported us, tell us funny stories, tuck us in at night, feed us lunch. Some of us he fed with more force. But I was thankful for him. And so growing up, because I was so thankful for him, I got this appreciation where if he asked me to do something, I did it. If there was anything he needed, I would do it. If he ever needed anything, I wanted to do everything I could to do that for him because I was so thankful. He passed away when I was 14, which is really hard, but I'm extremely thankful for him. And I say that because of this. As we go into this time of Thanksgiving, we hear Paul talk about, you used to live this way, but now you live this way. Why would I want to do that? Sometimes this way seems more fun. Why would I want to live for Christ? Then you think about what Christ did for you, and it's the only way that makes sense, right? How do I do that? understanding that you need to depend on God. We talk about this stuff, but I think really what we miss at times is are you really thankful for Jesus? What are some things you guys are thankful for? It doesn't have to be churchy. What are some things you're thankful for? Your scooter, okay? Pants? <laughs> okay, I am too. Your computer? Black Ops. Electricity. That's how he said it. He went, electricity. That was awesome. Church? Your life. Your dog. Your phone. Yeah. We have these things we're thankful for, right? But here's what I want to challenge you guys to. Shh. Here's what I want to challenge you to. In just a few minutes, we're going to go into breakout groups. But what I want to challenge you to is this. Because we all, we all love Jesus, right? We all get a kind of a picture of what he did for us. But if we're being honest, we're not, we aren't always really thankful for that. Do we wake up in the morning and just are in amazement for what Jesus did and just thank him? Just wake up in the morning, Jesus, thank you. Do you really ponder what Jesus did for you? And does it lead to a thankful heart?
Because I feel like when you're thankful for someone and when you appreciate someone, you're more likely to want to please that person, right? I'm thankful for my mom. I could probably beat up my mom if I wanted to, but I'm thankful for her. So I want to do anything I could to please her. Are you thankful for Jesus? And does that thankfulness lead to you living this life for him? So just for like a minute or two, if you want to just around people around your table or groups of like four or five, just for like a couple minutes, talk about, no, not not breakout groups right now. Um, Just for a couple minutes, talk about some things around your groups that you're thankful for and maybe pray about, just say a quick prayer to God about some things that you're thankful for. All right, guys, so we get, if you can bring it back for just a, just a moment, then we'll go into breakout groups, and you'll get to talk a little more. But here's the thing. As we wrap up, Paul says to these people in the book of Colossians, you used to live in this way, your anger, your lust, your filthy language. And then the life-changing treasure came into your life. Does that cause you to respond differently? Are you willing to commit to living that kind of life, to living in that world, in, this, in a world where people are just sort of out of control? Are you willing to take your love for Jesus and live it in a world where people don't necessarily love Jesus? I think that we do that by first understanding that we can't do that on our own. We need each other as the body, as we're going to go to breakout groups and we'll understand that more. But then, and then as an understanding too, that a part of it is being thankful for what Jesus did and being reminded of what he did and letting that be the reason why we live for him. So I'm going to read this verse and then pray you guys out and send you into breakout groups. It says this, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Jesus, there's nothing better than you. Let me pray you guys out, and then we're going to go into breakout groups. 
Jesus, we used to have one way of living. We live where we love to gossip. We live this life where we love to bring people down. We live this life where we get to treat people like they're less than. And I thank you for Paul's letter where he gets to just say to us, you guys have Jesus. And, and, and that completely changes everything. Now you build people up. As the body, you encourage people. As the body, you support one another. As a person who loves Jesus in your schools and in your, in your communities, you live with compassion, you live with humility, but mostly you live with a thankful heart where you understand, wow, Jesus, I cannot believe that you chose me. I cannot believe that you love someone like me. How do I live for you completely? How can you help me to live this kind of life? And how do I live that in a world that's scary, a world, a world that's selfish, a world that's greedy, a world that's prideful? And how could you do a beautiful work in me to help me to make an impact in the world? Pray for our breakout groups. And I just thank you for these students. In your son's name, amen. So we're going to go to breakout groups. Eighth graders are here with me. You guys kind of know where to go. Girls are going to be outside. <laughs>